0: Our good day, or whatever time it is where you're listening from. This is in between the records. My name's John, and my co-host today is Mr. Hollis, who is the highly esteemed, highly revered, highly intellectually savvy co-host of our show, Mr. Hollis. Hollis, how you doing today? Uh, thank you for that intro, man. Always,
1: always much obliged. Uh, you, you say such nice words towards me. Uh, doing pretty well. Sunday, I had the day off, I hung out with my dog, uh, looked at what, what was going on in the election, or the non-election, here in uh, <laughs> mid-November 2020, and uh, that's basically all I did all day. Uh, going to work in about eight hours, so yippee ki uh, Have yep. a good time, though. And uh, by the way, to the people out there in, in radio and podcast land, um, how are you guys doing? How have you guys been? I hope everything all is well with you and thank you for tuning in.
0: yippee kaye, yay that's right. My weekend was fantastic, spent it with my daughter, and we uh, we went kayaking in uh, Jensen Beach, which is where I'm from, down here in South Florida, and uh, we set up our Christmas tree early so that I can get that, that nice, cheerful environment with, you know, 2020 being so horrific. Uh, I want to get that holiday cheer going and we we found a fiber optic Christmas tree at Goodwill, and uh, it was originally $150, and I was able to purchase it for $25. So I feel extremely grateful that I was able Poppy to locate. Pop Oh, so amazing! The thing is so cool. Even though it's 30 years old, it uses a uh, a light with a spinning color wheel, and the tree is full of fiber optic fibers, and the light goes through the color wheel, and it just shines on through it's absolutely gorgeous and uh, bought a new drone Uh, it's not a Mavic but it's very similar it has a GPS uh, GPS on it 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 comes back to you does all sorts of cool stuff and I was able to get it going after some trial and error and had some fun with that Uh, so good weekend I am grateful I'm overwhelmed with gratitude again and I'm happy to be here this evening where we will be discussing
1: I was just going to say a little side note about drones. A buddy of mine has a drone that has uh, binocular vision on it, and so when you look straight forward, you turn your head, it'll, it'll turn the camera. And when you put it on the helmet you look straight forward, there's like a little tiny red X, which is where forward is on the drone. And uh, the first time that you uh, he puts the thing on your head and lets you fly it, um, he gets it up to a good altitude, and then. He puts the thing on your head and you start flying it and you just fall over. Um, after that, he makes you sit down or lay down because you like astral project <laughs> wow. into this drone with true binocular vision um, into the little headset. It is absolutely epic. Um, he even has a, the ability on the drone to go ahead and check the width of the cameras. So he measures your pupils, how wide they are. So it's actually your own binocular vision sitting in the drone instead of oh. some sort of not your uh, binocular vision. I mean, it is epic. I wish I oh. wish I had the $15,000 yeah. that he does to go ahead and make one of those, but um, yeah.
0: beautiful stuff, beautiful stuff. Mine was 150 bucks, <laughs> and uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't do all that. That's you phenomenal. Leave your soul. You leave
1: your soul when you fly that thing, man. You would no longer exist inside your body. You are the drone. Unbelievable. It is the most scariestly cool thing that you could ever imagine.
0: Well, some of these guys that that dive in with their drones and through apartment buildings and then fly out through the balcony and then dive down into like the beach and it's amazing what these things could do, man. I, I I'm baffled where we're at right now with technology, and a lot of it has to do with what the government has done behind closed doors, and I feel like. We've benefited from a lot of the confidential, classified information, and te- and not necessarily information, but the uh, the experiments and the studies and the research that has gone into the technology to help governments succeed militarily. You know, like MK Ultra and what they've done with m- massively manipulating individuals and hypnotizing them and we all well the woke folks know about MKUltra know that it's declassified they know that it's something that has been going went on for decades and was used to essentially find out if individuals can possibly be hypnotized to do the government's bidding a really interesting example of that is a gentleman by the name of Sirhan Sirhan uh, who was uh, he was an immigrant in his early 20s and it's a long story. look into it Sirhan Sirhan Robert F. Kennedy who was the brother of John F. Kennedy. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated. he was running for president in 1968. There was a lot of turmoil going on at this time with with uh, c- civil unrest. There was a civil rights movements going on all over the country, rioting, so much worse than what we see today. And this Robert F. Kennedy gentleman was a Democrat who was pushing for civil rights reform and he was going to win the ticket. He was going to win the Democratic ticket. Uh, well, he was shot and killed, just like his brother John F. Kennedy in 1963. Uh, November 22nd, 1963. So Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated by uh, Sirhan Sirhan, which he was. But it goes much deeper into that. Sirhan Sirhan believed he was manipulated and hypnotized by MKUltra, by Project MK Ultra, where there was a woman with a polka dot dress who triggered the behaviors that led to him pulling out the gun and shooting him. So... You know these technologies and these amazing things that we have. Imagine the government having ten to twenty to thirty years far more advanced technologies than what we have today. So your buddy's fifteen thousand dollar drone, the government's way far beyond that. They've got satellites that can zoom down onto a nickel on the road, and they can make out everything on the nickel. They could follow you everywhere
1: you go. Elon Musk's satellites, from what I've heard, um, and I don't, have a, I don't have a source for that, it's just what I believe I read recently, takes a photo of every single inch of you know the, the top side. You can't see below trees, but every single inch of the world, or at least the landed world, every three days. <clears throat> um, so you can't even hide. You can't even go out in the middle of the forest and hide because if you have a fire and you have smoke, they'll see it. They'll know that somebody's living there um and that's the technology we have right now and that's just elon musk imagine you know what the space force has um, I, I have an, an acquaintance of mine who i've spoken to known for you know 10 years and he's one of the first captains of the space force and you know he he, he can't say he's what talking, he does but talk about it's... The
0: new space force the one that yeah yeah wow
1: yeah and and it's he, he can't really talk about what he does, but I mean, he leaves for five to seven days at a time on the regular and then comes back. Um, where does he go? We well, can't talk about it, uh, but he says that, you know, we have stuff that you cannot even fathom the existence of, Sure. Um, you know, you can't even fathom it. Uh, I, I I often think to my uncle, um, Steve Parks, and uh, he showed me in. in the early nineteen nineties, a twenty three megapixel camera. Um, and it and it took the computer about an hour to load it into memory. Um, and even then you can only like load like a quarter of it at a time. But this camera was about the size of my thumbnail. Um, and what I mean is the size of my thumbnail. That's how wide it was. It was tiny. T- smaller than the cameras that you have on your cell phone at 23 megapixels. Um, you know, in the 1980s, they had the ability to put one piece of metal on every square foot of a football field every single time with cluster bombs. Um, so if they can do that in 1981, 1982, 1983, what in the heck can they do now? Um, same, thing with, same thing with psychology. So psychology got, it, you know, Got its beginnings back in the 1800s. Well, we got the beginnings before that. I mean, people have been manipulating people since you know time time began. Just ask any woman; they're really good at it. Um, Love you, honey. I'm married. She's amazing. But <laughs> you know, but you know, just ask any you know woman; they can manipulate people. Um, but it really started getting going in the 1880s. Um, you know, we basically got lied into the Spanish American War by newspapers. Um funny how that happened again a century later. Um and then in the nineteen thirties you had, you know, Hitler, Hitler's rise and Goebbels and mm-hmm. and and he, one of your favorite people to, to speak about Bernays. And mm-hmm. you have all these people that were learning the science the science of manipulation. And they got really good at it. And if you have the ability as a nation or have the ability as a group to go ahead and manipulate somebody into doing something you're bidding, why wouldn't you? And right. if you think that's a BS, yeah, yeah. go watch <laughs> ads on TV.
0: got another thing coming. You yeah. know, we've uh, Hollis and I have had discussions about Edward Bernays, who happens to be the, the nephew of Sigmund Freud, which for those of you who don't know, it was one, one of the world's well, he essentially developed psychoanalysis, which is still used to this day, and it, it's it's essentially the idea of subprimordial, sexually derived behaviors that everybody's just just down to the core this like sexual deviant, and it it really contributed to the United States explosion in our cyclical a planned obsolete economy where people are buying shit that they don't need uh, just to to keep up with the nationwide idea of having to have the next best thing you know the iPhone for example and Bernays is is a prime example of how uh, uh, some Joe Schmo can manipulate thousands of people By creating a small action of manipulation, you know we hear about gaslighting and narcissists out there, but these people were—they were beyond that. They wanted to manipulate an entire nation, and they got away with it. And we see it all the time with TV, you know. So just imagine, if you will, that LSD and hippies were invented by the CIA in the 1960s. Hey, hey, hey,
1: John! Got I got proof in the pudding right here.
0: Um, and,
1: and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say something to you and I want you to finish the sentence, okay? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. i
0: am loving it.
1: Bingo. Um, McDonald's, uh, this has been perfected and you can't deny it. Um, or, or close, pretty close to be perfected and you just can't deny it. Um, so what, we, what we're talking about this evening is Laurel Canyon and um lower counties is of course is in in uh california and and to to put it the, ba- the best way possible um this is where the 1960s hippie movement got its start just like in the 1990s where you had the grunge movement or los angeles when you had gangster rap or houston when you had the houston rappers or atlanta when you had the atlanta rappers or any major move or Florida and their death metal. Um, now, yes, death metal is played elsewhere, but Florida's is, where it is huge in the United States. Right. Um, it's you know what what Colonel started this push, and it appears that the Colonel that started this push is going to be the U.S. government. Um, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand this back over to you, and if you explain what Laurel Canyon is. How it worked, how it happened, and the buildings that were involved, and then I'll I'll jump in when I need to.
0: Well, I'll do my best, Mister Parks, but I'll tell you that Laurel Canyon is a mountainous neighborhood. Canyon, yep. located in the Hollywood Hills. Two point
1: eight million a house is what you'll pay to get in there currently. Yes, sir.
0: I'm sorry, two point two million. On. Give me. Yeah. Well, we get the point. It's high end, highly. Highly revered, the hushpush of society live in that area. This is where uh, the La Bianca, Kate Le- La Bianca murders took place. This is where uh, the Manson family rode around. If you saw the uh, film by Quentin Tarantino, Made in Hollywood, I think it's called, if I'm not mistaken. It, the story kind of encapsulates that era, that time frame. Well, I strongly suggest you watch that movie. It's beautiful. It's incredible how they transform Los Angeles, specifically the Hollywood Hills area, uh, at that time. It really transforms you. But um, it's it's in a re- region of Santa Monica Mountains in the Hollywood Hills, West District of Los Angeles, California, and the. What's interesting about that area is that in the 1960s, the late 1960s, there was an explosion, a cultural explosion that occurred. Uh, you know, Frank Zappa. A lot of folks don't know who Frank Zappa is if they were born after 1985. You know, uh, but Zappa is is one of the most famous guitarist, folk singer, influential rock stars of the time. And there's a song by, by it called Plastic People and, and there's a there's a part of that song is there's this guy from the CIA and he's creeping around Laurel Canyon. There was a there was a facility built in Laurel Canyon. There was a gigantic complex built in Laurel Canyon that was designed solely to create public relations which is what the United States calls public relations, but it was a direct coin of Joseph Goebbels' propaganda that was used during Hitler's reign when they manipulated all these German people to follow along with what they did and the atrocious atrocities that had occurred. And Laurel Canyon who housed this this facility, there was a psychological operation of mind-blowing proportions occurring there. Essentially, the CIA had this gigantic compound that was used to house recording studios, film studios, Sad. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's its real
1: purpose, real purpose, and I mean that in quotations, was to go ahead and be, you know, the the nerve center for incoming missiles, and incoming bombers, that were going to attack the Southwest United States. Well, if you're flying from Kamchatka,
0: what was the name a, of this facility, Hollis? The name of the the um, production studio? Um. I have
1: to, I'd have to look that one up. I'm blanking on it currently. So... I'm
0: blanking on it too. Jesus, so unprepared. My goodness. <laughs> My goodness. So we were
1: talking about it earlier today. I know. Before we started. Um, regardless, and, and, and look it up while you have while you have the time. Uh, yeah. So they're worried about bombers that are coming from Kotchaksha and bombers that are coming from you know the south side of you know the the west side of the Bears Sea, just across from the Sea of uh, Ohosk. And that's 4,000 miles. That's 4,000 miles away. Um, and you're, you're talking, like, even, even at that look time. Yeah, Lookout well, mountain. Look mountain. Yeah, Lookout Mountain. And, and there was, I knew it was, was the same mountain as the one in Washington, the same mountain, the same mountain the one in North Carolina, the same that's mountain. That's threw me off. Place. It was such a simple
0: name, and I knew it. It was right on the tip of my yep. tongue. So
1: you're talking 4,100 miles, and you have a 100,000-square-foot facility that is going to house the coordination of missile defense and aircraft defense for all of California. Really? You need 100,000 square feet on top of a hill just north of Los Angeles to do that, and then you need recording studios and film studios, then you need copious amounts of pot, and then you need parents that are in the military in lsd and a few other things and 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 you need parents that are in the military that are in and around the area um and then all these different artists hung out there on the regular and when i mean all these different artists i'm talking
0: jim morrison frank zappa uh david crosby just to name a few
1: jackson brown Crosby stills and Nash, the doors, the Mama and Papas, the monkeys, the eagles and an and 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 and, and and, 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 and so you have you know let's let's take Jim Morrison for instance Jim Morrison's dad is a huge 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 person his name is George Stephen Morrison daddy to Jim born in nineteen nineteen now he is the commander of the boats that were in the Bay of Tonkin, which mm-hmm. started the, Viet, or the the war in Vietnam. That's so a whole you know, other episode. A whole, a whole other, other, other episode. Other. Yeah, Navy
0: you, Rear Admiral Admiral and, and naval aviator. Uh, he was a commander of the U.S. naval forces in the Gulf of Tonkin during the Gulf of Tonkin incident of August 1964. Which sparked yeah. the escalation of American involvement in the Vietnam War. Now, uh, Robert E. McNamara, who was the Secretary of Defense under uh, Kennedy and Johnson, in his dying words <clears throat> and in a, a testimony in front of a House Senate committee in 2005, right before he died, said that the entire pretense was false that it was the whole thing that happened in the Gulf, the USS Maddox. Yep. BS. Was BS. He said himself, he said there, there there were, they weren't fired upon by 50 cal's. And if you're interested in that, there's a lot of information on it. It's a shame because there was no real reason to go in there other than what we we think was democratization.
1: Right. Yeah. We wanted, we, we wanted to, we wanted to go in there and, and, and stick it to El Chino. Um, but but still the same. That's 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 Jim Morrison's dad. Yeah. So so to think that these guys don't have connections. You know, you go to you know, uh, uh, David Crosby. His dad is a huge producer and won Emmys. Um, and David Crosby is the you know biological father of Melissa Etherish's kid. Um, this this relationship of father son daughter son. Mm-hmm. You know, or mother son, or mother daughter, et cetera, is huge.
0: Um, Melissa to, M- Melissa Al- Etheridge. Etheridge. Yeah. But, but to put it, she's a lesbian, right? Yes. Uh, she's a lesbian she her, folk singer.
1: Yep. she and her uh, her wife? Um, and and thank God they they got married. That's awesome. You know, God bless them. They had used uh, David Hell, cross yeah, a David Crosby sperm donor, and I think I think that son died. Um. Uh fairly fairly young. I think he was like twenty one or twenty seven and, and croaked. Um but God bless his soul. Um but to to put it in 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 context in something that we someone who we all know about. There's been a there's a gentleman named Robert E. Lee. You know who's Robert E. Lee, John?
0: <laughs> You've had that talk.
1: Yep. Hey, so Robert E. Lee's pretty famous. I mean they're tearing down the statues, or at least they were a few months ago. And He's a big, big, big man in history. Well, his, father, yeah, his father was Light Horse Henry Lee. He was best friends um, with George Washington. He was best friends uh, with Nathaniel Green. Um, in fact, he died on the couch of Nathaniel Green's daughters, in, in, in Nathaniel Green's daughter's couch in, in Cumberland Island, Georgia. This is a man who... Give you an idea of who Light Horse was. Is the reason why they called him Light Horse is because he rode so lightly on a horse that it sounded like the horse had no, had no person on it. you had no, nobody riding on it. Um, now, I know horse people. They can tell the difference between a horse that's just running on its own and a horse that has a, a rider on it. Because there's a different type of gait, different sound to it. Well, He didn't sound like he was well, just
0: a rider. You know?
1: He got he got You know, he was protecting a good friend of his, which was a newspaper editor, and got the poop kicked out of him, uh, broke his jaw, really destroyed the man. So he went to convalesce in Jamaica for a while. Um, He realized he was going to be a dead man. He wanted to come home to Virginia, his home. And on the way north, the captain said, hey, buddy, you got two choices. When you die on my boat, um, I'm going to roll you into a barrel of of rum and preserve you until you get to uh, Virginia, or you can get dropped off in Georgia and, you know, die there. He said, yeah, drop me off in Nathanael Green's wife, or Nathanael Green's daughter's house. That's where he died. And then in 1913, he went north. Now, he was so famous that they think two-thirds of the people with 100 miles of the coast went to see him go by on a 110-foot yacht provided by Nance de Carnegie, Thomas Carnegie, the younger brother of Andrew Carnegie's, Wife, and she sent that boat north. Well, he was so famous that ninety percent of the people with hundred miles made may or sorry sixty percent of the people with a hundred miles made that trek. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. We're talking Raleigh East. Everybody goes. Um, and that was in Virginia. That was in Georgia. That was in South Cacalac. That was in in everywhere along that coast. Now, why I'm bringing him up is his son Robert E. was terrible. I mean, he he went he he got into the academy, um, and the reason why he got into the academy is because his dad got the equivalent to the Congressional Medal of Honor, and if you have the Congressional Medal of Honor, your son gets a free ride into the academy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if he's a straight F student. Doesn't matter if he graduates last in his class. <coughs> Robert E. Um, they get they get a ride in, and so. Robert E. Lee, who should have never gotten to the academy, should have never been a general, should have never even been an officer, except for daddy's name. He became one of the most recognizable names in American history as far as generals are concerned. You got George Washington, you got Robert E., you probably got Grant, but most people don't know him. You got Eisenhower, you got Patton, and who else? Top five name in the United States. And he got there because of his daddy. Well, if you look in the Laurel Canyon, Daddy and Mommy are very powerful. So they stew this little pot and and they were doing drugs in the nineteen thirties in LA. And it continued on to the nineteen sixties. Um and it all culminated in this beautiful thing called Lookout Mountain. Uh, Lookout mountain? Yep, and it makes sense. So I think John, explain like your side of it. What, how you view it? Um, how did you know? How do you reconcile all these famous names and famous faces coming out of you know something that's only you know a couple square miles? What do you think?
0: So, the United States Air Force established Lookout Mountain in 1947, just to give the folks some context, okay? And it was it was designed and developed in order to produce movies. Uh, photographs of nuclear tests, and it was essentially a full-service facility. Uh, Military and civilian filmmakers would head to sites in the Nevada desert or Pacific Islands capture footage of exploding bombs and bring it back to Laurel Canyon for editing and post-production. The facility was equipped with a soundstage, screening rooms, film storage vaults, and a bomb shelter, right, of course. It was, in, it was in operation for 22 years, and it produced approximately 6,500 classified films for the Department of Defense and the Atomic Energy Commission.
1: So ended in 1969? Ah, surprise.
0: <laughs> Keep going. So, Floyd Crosby who was an Academy Award-winning American cinematographer, descendant of the Van Rensselaer family, who are arcs. They are, like, the Vanderbilts, the uh, Carnagies, uh, the uh, Rockefellers. Uh, it, it, they're one of those... He was, he was from one of those breeds, okay? And uh, it, Crosby was David Crosby's father, uh, Floyd Crosby. And it, it, it not only... Was, was there nuclear classified documentaries going on, but there were individuals like Howard Hughes and Marilyn Monroe and actors that you would think of never being involved in some sort of classified documentary type of filmmaking going on. Bob Hope, Jimmy Stewart, Gregory Peck uh and the, they did these things in sworn secrecy by the way lookout mountain military base is now the home of jared leto uh that's where his private residence is and he has some
1: square feet <laughs> must be nice yeah that that building is 53 times larger than the average american home Wrap your head around that, America. You're sitting in your average American home. One level, two level, doesn't matter. You're in the middle of the road just like I am. And think of your house being 53 of those put back to 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 back. That is the size of this complex. Why do you need that amount of square feet in the Hollywood Hills to go ahead and and look at missiles sketchy you don't don't. um but you do need that amount of you know area to have people live breathe and 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 come together and make music and to make a culture right um so So, earlier earlier you and i spoke um and i said da 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 -da." and i'm
0: loving it. it
1: and you know to get to get that into the mind of people you don't Need to go ahead and force a culture in a direction you just need to give it a bunch of nudges Mm -hmm. and so um, if you're if if you're familiar or if you're not familiar um, about radio in New York City KRS one by the way beautiful rapper love the guy to death um, has several songs about how in the 1980s, you had to be liked by, in New York, you had to be liked you had to do battles. You had to be liked by you know, the, the people who were you know in, in the New York radio scene. When they liked you, they would play your music. When you pl- they played your music, they are the gatekeepers. They then gave you a push. The kicker with Laurel Mountain is all the daddies were gatekeepers militarily and gatekeepers politically and gatekeepers um, socially. So, getting, getting a push was easy. And
0: this, this isn't conspiracy. This is what it is. This is who these 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 artists' parents were. You know, it, it just it, it boggles mind to think all of these amazing musicians that exploded during this cultural re- revolution had parents in high-ranking military positions or had parents in that came from highly esteemed, wealthy oligarchical families in the United States as well. You combine Lookout Mountain with the almost completely true allegations that the U.S. was involved in research and mind control through Nazi scientists that they brought from Germany, which, if you're woke, you'll know that NASA wouldn't have gotten off the ground if it weren't for these Nazi scientists, <laughs> these aerospace engineers. Literally, uh, they wouldn't have gotten off the ground. <laughs> this is true stuff. We're not making this up. This isn't something that, like, I'm totally against fascism and Nazis and what they did. I, I hate it. But but the truth is the truth. And, and, and when something's declassified, and you can look at it, and the government's ashamed of it, but they, they have rules that they have to, you know... 50 years, they have to declassify. And now we're in a day and age where we're seeing all these ancient things become declassified. We're starting to see that, you know, they were testing LSD on innocent people. And they, they were, you know, Operation C- uh, Cointelpro Coyntel- and Operation Able Danger. Well, that's more recent, but uh, Lieutenant Colonel Anthony Schaefer uh, opened up about that. That's a whole other story with nine eleven that you should really look into. But... You know, they were generally getting into some really sketchy, nasty shit. You know, what you have is, is a really weird conspiracy that in, in, in all my years, I never thought about it, that these boomers were all manipulated by the government to become this free sex, love, and rock and roll hippie culture. And what we're finding, Hollis, is that it was all a means with which we can divert attention away from what was going on in the country at that time to these free-loving hippie mongers and, and and their hippie music and their hippie drugs and their contraceptive sex and, oh, my God, what the hell is happening with these hippies?
1: Wow. So, so, so but you have, you have to, people who are here and alive in, in 2020, um, and, and I'm 41 years old, um, people who are alive in 2020, they have, to, they have to bring themselves back to what it was 60 years ago so what did you have 60 years ago in the 1930s that's when i can't believe you're 41 (laughs) i can't either it's (laughs) 71 before i know it oh Um, my
0: god time is flying by It is.
1: is, you knew me in my freaking 20s bro i I know (laughs) and 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 so looking looking back um to to the 1960s you have a few things intersecting which which were and i do mean mind-blowing they're mind-blowing so one, you had the addition of marijuana, which was predominantly in the black community in
0: the. Your 20s, wife 20s. is still in her twenties, isn't she?
1: No, she's thir- She's thirty-one.
0: Now. Oh, okay, that's right.
1: Um, and so yeah, t- ten years younger. Hola. Um, see, so <laughs> no, she's thirty-two. Excuse me, nine nine you years, dog. Like, seven months and younger. So you have Freaking you have pedophile. the file. You have. I'm not a. She's in her thirties, dude. <laughs> You, you you wish you could go that low in your, your 40s oh um yeah. and she's hot so i win um and so you have in the 30s and 40s and, and 20s marijuana sneak in and you have uh people uh like hank williams senior smoking marijuana in, in the late 40s unfortunately the man committed suicide on january 1st 1951 um of course he's another person who is a daddy son grandson uh you know phenom you have hank Williams Senior quintessential country artist um, for much of the early days of country. Hank Williams Jr., a huge name. Hank Williams III, again a huge name. Uh, well, not as huge as his dad, but, but still a big name. Um, so you have drugs coming in. You have things like LSD coming in. You have things like DMT and psilocybin mushrooms coming in. You have the absurgence of peyote coming into this area as well. And you have the thing that was the most liberating of all, and that is the pill. Previous to the 1950s and 60s, women, every time they had sex, had the possibility of getting pregnant, period. Right. That was very limiting to women. They could not just throw their legs open and have fun with whoever the hell they wanted, because right. abortion at the time was also not you know, really allowed um in many places or hard to get in many places and so pill... it, and it
0: it was crude it was crude and and, and it was very dangerous uh, right it, it's it wasn't the way it is today you know the, the 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 surgeries were i think there was a high rate of death with it and you know you, it was women a, had to really pick their partners wisely it was it was never a high rate
1: of death but still the same, there's the possibility of it. Um, my grandmother, who was a, a nurse in Florida for over 50 years, um, I a mean, long time, uh, spoke in front of Congress in Florida several times. I mean, she's top of her line, you know, nurse, knows her stuff. Um, I asked her once about abortion in the 1980s. I said, you know, why is abortion legal? I mean, I, I'm personally against it. I've had one with an ex-girlfriend. But I'm personally against it. Um, but I still think it should be legal. And here's why I think it should be legal. Because of what my grandmother said. She said, you know what? You know If it's illegal, women will still have it. And they'll have it in their bedrooms and in their carports. She said mm-hmm. that to me, Carports. And they'll do it with a hanger. They'll do it with something else. And if you've ever seen a woman who is dying of infection from the inside because she didn't want the baby that was raped into her, it will change your mind about abortion forever.
0: Yeah. So this so, so, channel, the, this uh, so, is so, so a little heavy. I don't want to get really get into that sort of how heavy it is, but, and we have our but, opinions on certain things, but but it it goes back to Laurel Canyon and the way and, things were in the nineteen sixties. So, and so
1: you get so you get to the point where where women can now do whatever they want because they don't have to worry about being pregnant that's the huge thing huge which allows half the population to go ahead and experience things and not have to watch and look out for correct you know in the it liberates women pretty much um to speak to that jackson brown huge artist absolutely huge artist if you're if you're not a uh if you are if you're a gen x and beyond you probably don't know about this person but Jackson Brown said, and I quote: "Everybody slept with everybody. It was a time of sexual revolution—or excuse me, revolution—and pre-AIDS. But it wasn't pre-venereal disease. We had a soft spot in our hearts for the free clinics. Um, bingo, bango—that sums it up. Everybody was doing weed, screwing each other, having a blast, and everybody was mixing. And that giant mix was the incubation of a movement that would then spread across the United States and become." the hippie movement, which would, I, th- I would say, culminate in 1969 with Woodstock. Um, but the real question is, why would they do that, John? Why would a bunch of people who are in the military and a bunch of people who are pulling the scenes in Hollywood get together, have their children become the warhead that would change America? Well Why would somebody do that?
0: hello (laughs) all right we're back
1: (laughs) i didn't know we were i didn't know we were gone
0: maybe you should pay attention to your phone when i'm trying to message you
1: oh Um, (laughs) i saw a blink i saw a blink um (laughs) oh you're peeing
0: (laughs) I, 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 I have, have to tried pee to really tell bad you. so please keep talking <laughs> let me know
1: if you see this hey I have to pee oh my fucking god I'm peeing <laughs> and That's
0: you're like, bad to... <laughs> and, so,
1: and I'm sitting there with dead air going like like, hello like hello I finally,
0: I finally said fuck it I'm going <laughs> Yeah, so I, like, a... well, I guess what I guess I'll edit phone, that out
1: yeah, my phone's lighting. No, keep it in, man. Keep it in. This is beautiful. <laughs> um, my phone's lighting up across the room. I have turn it turned off because I don't want any, you know, background noise to come in. Sure, sure. And and my phone lights up, my phone lights up. I'm like, what the hell? Why is it lighting up? And <laughs> and and then I, I started I started talking and uh, basically what I was saying was is like why why would why would anybody want to collude together to go ahead and change culture and what would be the reasoning behind that and what your opinion is.
0: I, I know. I have my headset on. I've kept it on the whole time. It's wireless, so I can st- stroll around my little my little box here and go to the bathroom <laughs> with it. And continue to listen. So that's why I wanted you to keep talking. But um, it, the whole thing's pretty far fast. <laughs> Is it though? It, it, it's. I mean, the way you and I describe it. I mean, the way you, you speak so eloquently and make you could you could make. Anything sound like it makes sense, and and that's why I'm surprised you're not the leader of a cult. Uh, us together talking. About <laughs> I did marry
1: this. somebody <laughs> nine years my junior. Just putting that out there.
0: Oh well, yeah, she's she's amazing. She's what is she? The director of uh, the uh, museum she's operations for something. She, she's a really cool gal, she, she, and she works in
1: a museum and she is a manager, and uh, she basically deals with early childhood education. Uh, summer camps as well as school camps. Um, and uh, she started off like four years ago, five years ago now, I guess, as a just a presenter. And she's moved up all the way to manager. Um, <clears throat> she's like on tier three, actually tier four, really, away from the president. Um, she manages about, you know, she manages three sites. Is um, it four? Yeah. Yeah, it's four sites. She manages four sites.
0: Oh. Needless to say, I, I've been a part of relationship history throughout the decades, and uh, I'm proud of you. You know, I'm, I'm extremely proud of you. Uh, you 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 couldn't have picked a, a better woman to be your wife, and I hope you guys have children soon so that I can be a godfather. Um, but... <laughs> we discussed that, actually. <laughs> the story's pretty far-fetched, uh, if you look at it, you know? It, it's an but it's actually really an in depth theory, and that's why we chose this to be the topic of conversation for our next episode because we've.
1: But, but you see, you, you say it's far fetched, and 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 I, I I gotta back you up on that like, not back you up as in say, oh, it is far fetched. No, I mean, back you up as in you, you I think you should relook at it. Um, because... I mean, who,
0: who thinks about this shit? Like, who do you know? Have you ever gone up to somebody and said, hey, do you know about Laurel Canyon? Nobody knows about this stuff, man. It's like it's just, it happened. The hippies, the boomers. But to think that it's, it's such an interesting and in-depth theory, you know, the fact that there were tons of cults in and around Laurel Canyon that were phenomenal at mind control. Charles Manson, yeah. you know, our favorite family leader. <laughs> this fucking psychopath that was able to manipulate, you know, men and women into violent, horrific, disgusting murders, brutal murders, were frequent, frequent visitors of Laurel. Yep. Groupies, prostitutes, they were everywhere. Movie stars were horribly murdered. And then we have all these musicians that died under suspicious circumstances.
1: At the age of 27.
0: Hendrix, Um, Morrison, you know, Clarence White of the Birds.
1: Later on, Kurt Cobain. um, uh, What's her name? Uh, Janis Joplin, uh, who also was a Laurel Canyon kid. Um, And if you – so here's my thought. And, and this is my overarching view of, of history and my overarching view of, of how history works. <laughs> my mother um, was a politician, uh, not, not ever elected, but selected in the state of Florida. And she would often take me to dinner and she would say, you know, what's wrong with this guy? What's, who is this? What is their problem? And then I would guess, and more often than not, I was correct. Um, and some of it was really dark. Like uh, one person, I even I even knew the liquor that he drank just by looking at him from twenty wow. feet away. Um, I knew I knew his I knew his type of whiskey because um, the rosacea on his face uh, brings that back to what you said to me earlier. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? not
0: on the record.
1: Not on the record. That yeah. was off the record. <laughs> you were being a dick, and it was hilarious. Um, but but looking like look into it she knew what these people were worth and people get pushes just like in 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 professional wrestling and so if i got together with you john and said you know what our kids are going to be better off than us and your grandkids are going to be president of the united states and we did everything in our possible everything possible to go ahead and make that happen we could make that happen. um i know the carnegies i lived i lived in saint mary's georgia I was a Mm -hmm. ranger at Cumberland Island. They invited me me to Thanksgiving. I hung out with the Carnegie kids. Um, They are amazing people. The women are all hot. The men often have small hands. I'm not saying they have small (laughs) wee-wees. They have small hands. And they're all fairly short, for the most part. Um,
0: Because it doesn't matter when you have that kind of money, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, my first first anniversary present was a a ring from Go-Go. Um, now, Gogo is the heiress to, to basically the, the, the Carnegie fortune. But the Rockefellers also live on the island. And I and I worked with and knew the Rockefellers as well. And they were all about family, and they were all about pushing the family. So if one family member had an idea, hey, I'm going to go ahead and make money this way. Do you want in on it? They'd be like, yeah, you're blood on this family. Yes, we want in on it. And they would go ahead, and they would, you know, they, they'd form up like Voltron. And they would help each other. So why the hell wouldn't that happen in Hollywood Hills in the 1950s and early 60s? Now, Hollywood Hills was, wasn't that big in the 50s and 60s. You know? There, there weren't a whole lot of actors or actresses. There wasn't the movies that come out every, like, every Tuesday, three of them every Tuesday, like we had in the, you know, 10 years ago. Um, it was much different back then. And so, why wouldn't I get together with you, John, and be like, "Hey, you know, let's let's make our kids millionaires. All we have to do is give them a push." And we we had them, all, we had a bunch of our kids who we were we were wealthy, and so they could go ahead and do whatever they wanted. They all we were in jam bands, they jammed together, they got sounding pretty freaking good, and then those that like were good, good enough to make it, we then. Ask, hey, you know, hey, buddy, in Chicago, you want to play my son's band? Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, you can come out, and you know, I'll buy you five hookers, and you know, give you some blow, and you know, we'll make this happen. Um, or, or we'll give you money. We'll give you actual real money to go ahead and play my son's band. And that's how you get a movement started. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a, a center nucleus of really mixy, washy people together. They bounce off each other, you get beautiful
0: music, and then they go nationwide. Right. Um, and that's, that's what happens. Especially, especially when you have connections to all the radio stations. Which is
1: what they had. Now, why would I want to spread drug culture in 1965 across the United States? Why would you want to do that?
0: So what was all the mind control used for? What, what was all the allowance of drugs being ushered into this area used for? Uh, I guess some say it would be to keep an eye on protest groups and to distract the populace. And, you know, I guess some others would say it was just an experiment to see if they could manipulate the masses through creating a cultural blossoming if you will, you know, I, I I don't know. And that's, we don't know. Maybe the government figured out a better way to control us through music and switch genres because before the hippie movement, you know, we had, and now the end is near. And so I face the final curtain. My friends, I say it's clear. I'll state my case, which now I'm certain, you know, Frank Sinatra. We had Elvis Presley. We, had, the the these things weren't really a cultural phenomenon that shifted the way the psyche of the United States looked at things. But the hippie movement completely you sure transformed as hell. everything. Completely, completely. So,
1: so, so you said earlier, in in this episode, these boomers. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I mean, and I was like, "Well, that's derogatory," um, but no, it's really true that the boomers. So these well, people, yeah, the baby boomers. Yeah, you know, you know after
0: the hippies, they, they had a lot of sex. Well, the baby boomers came after World War II, when all the troops came home and they all just fornicated, and then as a result, we had all these babies. And how it old? Was, were,
1: and how old were they in 1963? Eighteen, seventeen, sixteen. How were? Right. They, how old were they in 1969? 21, 22, 23, 24. Correct. So if you can go ahead and you have the largest incoming group of American citizens ever, which were quite literally coming in as 40% of the entire country. Like this is this is the group that will change everything. Our population is going to drop if we have no immigration when these people die off. Um, This is how big they are. Um, you know, four, five, six kids—the last generation of four, five, six kids. You know, how many? How many people do you know currently that have four kids, five kids, three kids? I have
0: two kids. I have two kids. So I, I,
1: I, I have none, and I only know of two families that have more than three. Um, back then it was five, six, seven. So you have this huge group of people that have the ability to take over the United States. The established people who are in power don't want that to happen. They want to go ahead and steer everything. So if they can take a sizable portion of the population and steer them in a direction that they want to steer them, a counterculture, that means that the mainstream culture will go ahead and be curved. It won't be a straight road, it'll be curved. And that is the you know the qui bono the men'sria of what I think people want to happen looking at it you if you had these groups of people in the 1965 codified not doing drugs being sober not listening to hippie music and then they're being forced to fight in vietnam which Mm -hmm. Jim morrison's dad was a part of starting that whole debacle and it was a lie it's a freaking false flag my opinion another episode um then (laughs) (laughs) then then why wouldn't you derail that you can't have people who are smart and know what's going on Um,
0: you don't want a bunch of people sitting around their kitchen table thinking about how their government's fucking them because then you're going to have a real revolution
1: government's you know
0: you you want a bunch of people who are free-range chickens they can choose the sprinkles on their donuts you know they they get up go to work good obedient workers Read George Orwell's 1984, read, read Otis it, Huxley's A Brave New World. And, you know, I think with that, we, we've really come to a point where I think the audience should think for themselves, look into Laurel Canyon, figure out how their grandma and grandpas were massively manipulated by this c- countercultural movement developed by the CIA. And with that, I think you've reached the end of another episode of In Between the Record with John and Hollis. And Connect I wanna, with
1: I, us. I'm going to do a, in summation. insumation. You have drugs. You, you have the ability to – you have a group of people who are getting a culture together that they're going to export. You have the, the, the upcomings of the ability to manipulate a culture that is being codified by the intelligentsia as well as the professors around the entire world. Proven that it happened in the 1940s and the 1930s via you know Germany. You have the ability to do it. You have the means to do it. You have the want to do it. You have the scientific background to do it. And you have the government setting up a place where they can at least do experiments on how to do it. If you have all that together,
0: why wouldn't you try? Absolutely. That's, and that's in, that's the, all... in their opinion, it's all for peace. They're doing it for the betterment of their country. You know? Why why not manipulate everybody and, and change the psyche of a nation in order to facilitate peace within a nation?
1: Do I'd I would in a heartbeat. Okay, if, if, well. I, if I could affect culture
0: the way that it, the hippies affected it
1: in, in the 1960s, in, in a different way. I wouldn't go the hippie route. Um, would I do it?
0: <laughs> bet, your,
1: bet your sweet bottom dollar I would. Uh,
0: well, that makes me think of a bunch of uh, fat, oligarchical, smart people playing a game of risk at the expense of innocent people. <laughs> the Davos <Deimos> group. <laughs> you know, maybe the government figured out a better way to control us through music and switch genres. Maybe they gave up and moved to the uh, Denver International Airport, which is another interesting topic.
1: Or maybe they re- they redid it again and did the exact same thing they did in the 1960s with gangster rap. After Yeah, rap maybe became political in the 1980s, and the gangster rap made it all druggy. And now you have black and yellow black and yellow black and yellow black and yellow wop 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 yeah listen to KRS-One <laughs> in 1989 and listen to wop big difference why i can't
0: Cause... feel my face when i'm around you uh uh I, uh I think they gave up on the whole music thing i think it's just uh it's uh, yeah or maybe they're trying to dumb us down but well, what do you think? But, 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 but what if
1: you can press the culture it it's provably it happened in the 1980s with 80s music it happened in the 1990s with gangster rap because gangster rap was pushed you know by the government. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened in you know with grunge music for the white boys in 1992 1993. Uh, we, it made us all wear flannel and smoke pot. I mean like it heaps happening and now you have the drug you know you wop know, wop wop, wop and, and the murmur 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 rappers. Um, Okay. You know, mumble yeah. yeah, mumble
0: rap. Yeah, mumble rap. Yeah, The beats yeah. sound great though. Like, I, I, I have to admit, I I, I listen to you know uh, Juice World sometimes. I kind of like Juice World. So. I, I I listen to them. I listen, to them. I them listen to
1: them at work because that's all they play on the on, on the radio at work. <laughs> um, but but still the same. Like like they're still doing it. Like Laurel Canyon happened. That was the nexus. That was the. Gaming like that was the, the the core. That's how they started it, and it's I think it's still going on today. God bless it. No, God damn it. Um, but it's still happening today. That's my thought. You can disagree. Send us comments. Send us thoughts. Send us anything. Don't send us money yet because we haven't set that up. But seriously, just I'm asking you to think. Look into it. Laurel Canyon is. A mind-blowing thought, and once you get in your head that this could have happened, and then once you get in your head this did happen, you'll be like, "What in the hell? Also, are they doing?" Well, that's right. That is a episode that's
0: going to happen in the future. Um, Yes, it. Well, what do you think about? Go ahead. uh, I'm just going to say, what do you think about Laurel Canyon? and the conspiracy behind it. Do you think it was plausible or not? Creepy or totally wrong? I think you should subscribe to either our Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, or copy RS feeds which we have available to you. I think it's an absolute honor and a privilege to have you listening to us this evening. Indeed. It is. I think we're going to go ahead and wrap things up tonight with the uh, in between the record podcast with your host Hollis and John and connect with us don't forget to send us an email we have it all on our page on anchor anchor is a free podcast platform that enables people like Hollis and I to just sit down relax and go ahead and record uh we're doing this for fun but we're taking a lot of pride in what we're doing as a hobby especially during the COVID crisis you know a lot of folks have been isolating and depressed and there's been a lot going on with this depression and i myself who work i I work in mental health and have for many years i see it every day if you're struggling if you're depressed if you're isolating get out there and do something donate Go to a soup kitchen. Get out of the house. Go for a walk. My name's John. I love you. And I can't wait to have you here for the next episode. My co-host is Hollis, the revered and amazing co-host of this show. And I'm absolutely privileged to have him here. Hollis, do you have any words for the audience this evening?
1: I do. I'm privileged to have you. And, um, you know, thank you. Thank you um, for for guiding me and and sending me on this route. It's truly amazing. Uh, What we've done is a culmination of of years of our friendship. And and I'm I'm honored to have a a man like you in my life. Um, For the people um, who are out there, uh, if if you are in trouble, if you're just thinking about it, um, if if you're having a bad time, um, what works for me is I forced to bathe. Take a walk in the woods. Look, look, look on Google Maps, find a park, take a walk, have a good time, look at those birds. As you're driving to work, find that hawk that's doing circles and screaming and searching for a mouse. It's a beautiful world out there, man. And, and you know, there's a, there's a pasture here in, in North Carolina that says, you know, every time the sun comes up, you know, it's, it's another day, and, and you know, there's hope. You know what the sun did this morning, John? Rose, Dead. baby. It rose, man. And it's always hope. And I love you guys. If you are hearing my voice right now for the first time, for the third time, and fifth time, I'm honored to have you guys aboard. And thank you for listening to us. Uh, every episode, I hope to go ahead and bring the same level of quality for you. So, cheers. Have a good time. And uh, good day. Good evening.
0: Until next time, folks. Awesome. Stay blessed.